Binge Watchers brings you one hell of a slasher summer. It's Summer Slash 2019. Come on, Dave. I had this dream. It was like everybody that went to the Art Institute went to film school with us. Um, and then, like, left the attempt to get into the entertainment industry. You know, it, uh, like, everybody came back for this big reunion, right? Uh-huh. You know, like, uh, I know we passed our 10-year a couple of years ago, but um, it was, like, one of those. It was, like, one of those big ones, you know? Like, everybody comes back for the big one. Right. Um, everybody went to an art school, but it was film school. It was in Santa Monica, whatever. And then some of us went on to other colleges and, and what have you, blah, 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 into the working world, internships, whatever. Um, but it was like everybody. Like, it was like everybody went to school with, not even, like, not even our friends, it was like everybody that ever attended that year, we were, we were all there. But we were in, like, this back of this, like, saucer-shaped thing, right? It was like the bottom half of a hollowed-out UFO. And it, it, okay. it, looked like, it looked like a party rental. Like, somebody made, like, this really fancy, like, Attach this trailer to the back of your truck. You know what I mean? It didn't actually seem like it was like a futuristic UFO. It just felt like it was like a stupid thing that you would get in at like a tailgate party or something. You know what I mean? Okay. But there were, I don't know how many people. It would have been like 300 people or something, 100 people. But it, it was like, or maybe it was 50. It was like, it was everybody that we knew. I mean, you could look around and you could see like faces that you haven't seen in years. Do you know what I mean? But we were all... Right. It was people we saw every day in class, or people we went to parties with, you know, you know what I'm saying? And like somebody, yeah. somebody's house in Culver City or or, or Century City, whatever. It's like everybody that we knew. So, but this was like who got fat, who got bald, you know, who 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 uh, started dating the other team, you know, you, you, you know what I mean? Like it was right. like it was like that kind of reunion, right? Like you know, who lost all their money in the stock market? You know what I mean? It was every, it was like everybody. The good, the bad, the ugly, and uh, it was weird. And then I, I don't remember where we were going, but it was like it was like like a weekend filled with activities or something. I, I don't know. It's like this weird thing. But then there was like an overnight portion of it, so everybody's passed out. It's late at night. I wake up in the middle of the night, right? Like to, you know, to go to just go take a piss or something, right? Right. On the way there, I see like. It looks like uh, it's a horse-shaped creature, but spotted like a cow, and like it's eating like somebody's house cat or something. Like somebody had like a cat at this motel or whatever we were staying. Okay. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. looked at me and I looked at it and I'm like I'm not gonna do anything to disrupt your 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 evening meal there you know, you know what I mean like right. like the creature looked at me assessed that I wasn't a threat and then left and I was like holy, holy shit 
holy shit, it didn't eat me. And then I went and proceeded to go to the bathroom and, uh, and urinate. And, um, and, and now I'm on a podcast. That's how that went. <laughs> well, hell, that's a hell of a dream. <sighs> Very odd and oddly specific. <clears throat> Very. Alright. The UFO thing has an immediate connection because I was trying to find any clips that Bob Lazar supposedly took at Groom Lake, the, you know, the, the test site, right? He was actually on Joe Rogan recently, and, like, another guy's, like, confirming what he said because he got, like, this military document or something. Do, do you know about Bob Lazar? Like, he was... Uh, well, I mean, I've heard the name, but I'm not yeah. sure what that's all about. Okay, so he's assigned to a government project. He has a contract. He's an engineer on like one of those teams from like uh, I don't know. What are those? What are those? What are those freaking? Um, I can't think of the name of this company. <laughs> <laughs> they built like it's it's like um, like Halpern or. No, no, no. Even before them, it was it's like aerospace engineering and aviation and uh oh, Lockheed and Martin. I think yeah. He's with Lockheed or this other competitor that has government contracts. But anyway, he's on this little team and he's like reverse engineering a UFO and supposedly they had these test flights and he's like supposedly took some video in the early 90s or whatever and, and has all these UFO stories <laughs> or whatever. So anyway, I would assume because I just recently was, was, you know, hooked into trying to find his UFO stuff, you know, online. That, that That's what seeped into my brain. Now, one could assume it's not a far stretch to say, like, well, was that cow-like horse thing that eats people's house pets um, an alien? That's not a, that's not a super stretch, you know, but... Not far. But it didn't feel like an alien to me. It just felt like I wasn't supposed to see what I saw it doing. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it looked at me like, oh shit, you're not supposed to know I exist. And now I got to contemplate whether or not I'm going to come over there and rip you to pieces. I clearly have the capability to rip you to pieces. But I got to make a, a, a clear cut decision here. Am I going to go over there across the room and kill the human known as John because he's just seen something he shouldn't have seen? You know what I mean? I'm I'm expendable in this scenario, but all I wanted to do is take a piss, and I think he knew that. Like, I I, I caught it, whatever it was, with its pants down, so to speak, because I interrupted its dinner, but it clearly knew that I was just going to drop trow and, and you, you know what I mean. So so we're we're both in a vulnerability here, right? And I think it recognized it, it didn't have to tear me to pieces. I mean, uh, you know, I'm glad it didn't, because who the hell knows? It's one of those dreams, you know, maybe it kills you in your sleep, Dave. Maybe. Wow. You just never know. Um, the Bernie, 1981. So we have this whole thing for Perfect season... Perfect segue. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, absolutely. You just fucking talk about monsters ripping you to pieces, and uh, a movie where a guy uses garden shears to rip you to pieces. Um... It's supposed to be the start of our season 10 adventure here, where we're going to be like doing this thing all summer long, where we're cramming through kind of like the greatest hits of slasher movies. You know, we're calling it Summer Slash 2019. 
And we're just basically, that's it. We're going to just review a bunch of classic slasher movies. And nothing's really contemporary in there, but it's not even, a, it's not really a contemporary genre. Right? No, like, I mean, like, there's some throwbacks, like I think we've said, are the Hatchet series, or maybe we talked personally, but that's the closest thing I can think of. And then there's a send-up of the whole genre. You know, Final Girls is kind of like a parody of, of, of the whole gamut. You know, every every right. summer camp killer movie, plus all the the Jasons thrown in, you know, just, just for the hell of it. But, I mean, that's, that's again, just a celebration of the entire, like, sub-genre in the horror category, but not... Nothing is slasher today, not really. I mean, people have moved on to psychological thrillers, to espionage thrillers, to... Uh, I don't know. Fr uh, there's franchises, but they're really like. It's funny how ghost movies have come back around, with like The Conjuring and the uh, right, one, whatever the other one is. Like I always forget the other one, but it's funny. Those like that's like 1950s, 1960s horror. So everything's cyclical. So I guess uh, in another 10, 20 years, we should be back on slashers again. <laughs> Sounds about right. Although I will say, zombies have been holding on this cycle for like a really long time. Oh man. Well, yeah, and then, like, uh, I sent Dave this thing earlier. Like, I, I was scrolling through my phone, and and I have this news app, so it, sh it shares things with me every once in a while. You know, and they're making Zombie Tidal Wave with Ian Ziering, you know, from the original Beverly Hills 90210. Now that they've wrapped up all the Sharknadoes, they had to move on to another storm of, of creatures, I guess. I don't know. Something. Well, and now they can get rid of Tara Reid, so. <laughs> oh, we're finally done with Tara Reid and her cybernetic arm or whatever whatever I, I gave up after I think number three oh, that's funny <clears throat> I'm amazed I made it that long <laughs> <laughs> folks if you want you can dig up our old interview a couple years a couple seasons ago we did uh, Thunder Levin who wrote or yeah he wrote like the first two or three of those movies uh, he's a sci-fi guy they ever go guy. into space or go back into the west the time travel stuff came up. So do you, do you remember when he was telling me to like hush, like be quiet, like don't? <laughs> I kind of do. Yeah. 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 Really fucking funny. Uh, but I could write those movies in my sleep. I mean, again, like they're not the best movies, but they're interesting. Um, still waiting for that phone call. Hey, Sharknado team, what the fuck? You didn't bring in Johnny here, you know, to like, you know. Write about cow horse things that eat your house pets in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh man! So the burning, nineteen eighty one. Yeah, so the the burning, nineteen eighty one. I guess like uh, at some point I should play the trailer since you're saying the burning, nineteen eighty one. This summer, if you're planning to go camping, don't. If you're looking forward to midnight swims, don't. Sneak on back to the campsite. Get some matches. Build us a hot fire. Don't be long. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. Because this summer, a legend of terror isn't just a campfire story anymore. Now, you know what's funny is... How often in this movie they use the shot of the guy that, like, the film was overexposed and he's underexposed, so it's like a silhouette. And he just raises the shears above his head and then clips somebody. They reuse that, that's, that footage, like, about 12 times in this movie. 
Really? Yeah. You didn't notice the repetition of the... I'm not noticing that kind of stuff, honestly. And it's a shot from the the, the notorious Raph scene. He raises the shears above everybody's head and then brings them down on people. They use the shot in almost every kill in the movie. That's how repetitive it is. Like, before you see the individual blood on the shirts of whichever camper he's murdered... Oh, by the way, I didn't even bother to remember the characters' names. Like... (laughs) <laughs> I'll be honest. I had to go on. I watched this movie just the other day. It's it's. I hate to say it. It's kind of forgettable because I I watched it the other day and I had to go on Wikipedia to remind myself of plot points from this movie. Man, I had to. Uh, I didn't want to pay to rent this movie, which is pretty bad. I actually saw somebody copied their VHS. Well, they videotaped their TV playing their VHS copy of the burning on their own TV, and then loaded that to YouTube. So that's the, that's the version that I watched. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, Jason... That's amazing. Yeah. Somebody yeah. went through that effort. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's pretty good, right? And a great quality, let me tell you. Um, so it has Fisher Stevens, who will go on to play a fake Indian in Short Circuit. One and two. Yeah, then he's in a show about a magic newspaper, and then he gets held hostage by the the cast of All of a Sunny in Philadelphia in, in, like, season three or four, where he writes a better review. He plays a lot of... You know, people get typecast. He plays a lot of reporters or writers in movies. Huh. He also, uh, believe it or not, has an Oscar for producing a documentary. What? That's totally random. I didn't know that. He's had a yeah, weird he... and sordid career. Yeah, he produced The Cove. In fact, I remember when it won, like, people were like, was that Fisher Stevens up on stage? So that's kind of He's, like, awkward looking around, lowering his head, covering his eyes, right? Like, now we know his politics, you know what, you know what I mean? Like, pretty funny. And then also Jason Alexander from Seinfeld fame is, and a couple other things, like Duckman. He's in this yeah. movie, too, and he's completely trim. So he's clearly re- like really a teenager or really like just maybe 19. Early 20s, yeah. yeah. He's... And he but he's looking around in the background like yeah, I don't belong here. What am I do what am I doing here? Like he you know, he just did summer stock theater and then happened to show up at his summer camp. You know you, you know what I mean? And yeah, uh, he feels very out of place. Yeah, exactly. Um and he has these awkward exchanges on his face like he knows he's in a terrible movie and what, like what is he doing there? He's questioning his life choices, <laughs> you know. Like uh I, I didn't recognize Holly Hunter at all. I have no idea who she plays in the movie. I don't either. I, I saw that after. I'm like, well, who's that? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't recognize and Holly And she's great, guys. You should look up the movies that she's in. But in this movie, I didn't even know if she was one of the counselors, one of the campers, one of the victims. Uh, you got of, me, dude. Yeah. Um, you'd think you'd recognize her by her nakedness because she's been naked before. Um, but... Um, I don't think she's one of the ones that gets naked in this movie because I don't think she, I, I, I just don't think she, that's her. But uh, uh, clearly, um, it's the '80s, guys. There's gratuitous nudity in just about every slasher movie on the on the planet. Um, although, yeah. although, did you get a creepy feeling watching this, realizing that Harvey Weinstein produced this? Oh God, that was the that was the greatest part for me. Was like when I saw that the brothers <clears throat> produced this, and this is like one of the first Miramax movies ever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, wow. It just added a creepy extra layer to all the uh, the boobs and uh, 
well, like leering yeah. shots. Well, that's the thing. That's that is the slasher genre, right? It's a moving camera, right? Like this is when they first do Steadicam. Basically, the early '80s when they first started doing these mobile rigs for film cameras, right? Like yes. made popular in like movies like Halloween and all that shit. And uh, so yeah, so they peer at you through the trees. You hear some creepy music. I will say the soundtrack in this movie is pretty good. They made some. They made some really good music, or bought really good music. Who the hell knows how they arrived at the soundtrack? But well, that and I, the music's great, and it does have some good gore effects. I mean, Tom Savini is doing the makeup for it. Yeah, but I heard he literally had three days to build like a mock-up of the monster's face, which he's supposed to be a burn victim, and he it. it I I don't know what to say. Like, well, that yeah, I'll grant you the the monster itself isn't the best, but yeah. Uh, some of the, the 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 gore effects on some of the kills are at least stand out. And bit. they call him Cropsy, and it seems like he's a he seems like a before they burn him up in the beginning, he seems just like a handicapped guy that happens to work at the summer camp. So it's all, it's <laughs> what the all, fuck is up with summer camps picking on the handicapped people? I don't know, well, again, like here's the thing that you notice about the genre is like they don't like disabled people, and they and they usually <laughs> die very quickly, and then they come back for revenge. But here's the other thing too is like so. Some kids at this camp burn him alive, right? Like five years right. before the movie starts, and you see this in like the prologue or whatever, what have you, the opener of the movie. Then he gets taken to like some city hospital in the burn ward. Now, it probably would have been better if he just like had. But see, burn victims, burn victims who survive don't don't. I mean. They go through trauma and they have trauma-related issues, but they don't usually wake up and then murder people. Right. And then, and so, and then, and then, like, Even so for revenge. Yeah, exactly. So, like, waking up and like being pissed and like um, leaving the hospital. Like, go to a prostitute first. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Okay, first of all, like, if I survived severe burning, but I was still put together enough to go and pay a hooker and she's not clearly that upset that I'm burned like I'm gonna have a great night like I, I've survived being burned alive <laughs> do you know what I mean like and she didn't do anything uh, that's what I don't understand like, a working girl had nothing to do with it is like the first victim of the movie but why you know hello yeah yeah that was weird that was like my internet glitching a bitch I was just saying, like, she didn't deserve... Maybe Skype was pissed off that I said she didn't deserve to die. Like, according to Skype, like, the hooker deserved to die. <laughs> well, jeez. <laughs> but I, 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 I disagree, technology. Like, sorry, Skype, you know? That's what it was. It was like Skype was cutting out on you or something on my end. But what, what I'm saying is, like, uh, I don't know if you heard it. Like, I'm basically saying, like, the first kill doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, like, she had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Other than she laughed at him or was repulsed by him, I think that was like her only sin. Which, in all fairness, I mean, you you know, if you get a hooker that's cool with it, that's great. But you can't exactly spring it on him. Oh, see, I didn't even catch that part. Um, Again, this is how forgettable this movie kind of is. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I looked it up. It's, again, it's famous for this raft scene. The raft scene I'm talking about, folks, is like there's like a. A mysterious raft floating in front of this. First of all, like they built a homemade raft, great for them, but then they actually took it on a serious river, and and then they got kind of like lost, and then they came uh, 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 they came up on a, a canoe that was adrift, 
and he's like, surprise, I've been waiting in this canoe all day to murder, and like, right. and he hacks everybody to pieces. Um, he's very slow moving, and he only has a garden sh- garden shears. You could, and you're, here's the thing, you're on a river. I'm pretty sure if you jumped in the water and swam away, he wasn't going to be able to keep up with you. Um, you know, because he clearly takes his trench coat, hat, and pants and set up very seriously. Like, his clothes remain immaculately clean through the whole movie. So if you want to get rid of, away from this guy, oh, his name is Cropsy, by the way. Which is funny because there was a documentary about a real guy who's really murdering children at, like, a children's psych hospital or something in, like, New Jersey, New York or something. Did you see that documentary? It's literally called yeah, Cropsy. Yeah, but I, I, I think this is based off of that. Or, like, loosely, mind you. Oh, okay. Okay. That would make sense. But anyway, the people in the raft scene, including Fisher Stevens, spoiler alert, this is where he dies. A lot of them could have got away. That's I'm just saying. But the movie's famous for that scene. And it actually has, like, almost an 89% or 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, so a lot of people hold this in acclaim, at least in nostalgia-wise. Like, people talk about this movie, and, and online it has a good rep for being a pinnacle of the slasher genre. So, it's on a lot of lists. It's it's not the worst. I know we are, we kind of beat it up a little bit, uh, but, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't totally hate it, but it's uh, kind of just mediocre is the thing. Like it's not it's not great it's not bad but it's like it's all right. It was pretty smart in the final fight being tied in with a with more fire. Right. You know. I uh, like you know um yeah. Uh, it's um yeah it's all right. It's a <laughs> You're like, it's all right. See so, yeah, I, I, when did okay this was a Dave like we we compiled the whole list and I think Dave brought this movie up so I thought oh okay. Dave's either seen it or like he's he's heard about it and like wants to check out this movie. Um, but this is a lot more positive than I thought I was gonna be. I watched it twice to get ready to do the analytics or or like be on the show. I, I watched it twice because I was trying to be like more positive about the whole thing. Because my initial watch, like I told you, but then again, I was influenced by the quality of the way I watched it. Right. Right. Um. But I, I thought, like, oh, okay, I, I'm not going to have anything nice to say about this movie simply because I don't like it at all. <laughs> like, like, but, uh, you know, I, I watched it again, and then I was like, okay, well, I can talk about this infamous scene that it's known for and, and try to see if I can bring its merits to play. And like you, like you said, they got went and got, you know, Savini, who was very talented and kind of like at the top of his game at the time. I mean, this is his decade. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. But... And it's kind of interesting to see a young Jason Alexander. In fact, we get to see his ass, which I never thought I would ever see, but it's there. Wow. You had to bring it up. I mean, the, the episode was going so well, and then, <laughs> then you talk about Alexander ass right there at the, right there at the you know, 20 minutes in. Um, folks, I don't know if you've noticed, there's a running gag of me trying to get Dave to question his sexuality. Every time he brings up awkward maleness, you know. Uh, but uh, so far, Dave's held it together. He's held it together for a very long time. Of course, drugs and booze have helped him along the way. That's uh, <laughs> that's how he finds himself. It's strange, strange things. He just wakes up in the middle of the night in these random places and then, you know, then drives home. <laughs> what? Oh, hey, Dave, welcome back. <clears throat> oh, man. 
So I don't know. What more can we say about the burning? Um, well, I guess spoiler alert, someone gets burned. <laughs> but here's the thing. How, how great would it have been if he burned every single victim that he came across? Like he was burned and then he went around just burning people. Like that, that I thought would be like, okay, this is why his method of destroying people in this movie is completely random. Like somebody must've just been afraid of garden chairs or had a garden chair related accident. And it was like, I'm going to write this in. People are going to love this garden. This he's not a gardener. He's just, well, he was, but now he's just like, here we go. Garden chairs, garden chairs to me, they're not even like giant and rusty. They're like a little, they almost look like scissors. It's like a regular pair of garden shears that you would go and trim your hedges with. You know, you know right. what I mean? So I don't know. I think it was as pure as they pointed to uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, said Chainsaw will make gardening shears his thing, and uh, you know, and well, then okay, also well, can't... that's another good point. Where's the burning two and three and four? Where are they, David? Uh, they never came about because it wasn't like uh, it, it built a cult over time, but it didn't uh, really make a whole lot of money, believe it or not. Mm. Yeah, it looked like it made a million bucks, but it almost cost a million bucks to make. Yeah, so I think it like it might have even lost money. You know, you know, depending on if they put a lot of advertising into it. Yeah, who knows? I guess like I guess the first Friday had already come out before the burning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I got my release dates right on that. So, yeah, I guess they thought, again, but I guess after Friday, there was probably a slew of filmmakers and companies rushing to get their summer camp murder movie out there, right? Probably. Oh, definitely. Um, oh, the point I'm making is, is just that at one point, summer camp movies that, you know, slaughtered teenagers and, and reported the dangers of promiscuous sex in the woods because somebody will murder you you know was a big deal <laughs> like that was a thing that was a thing for like 10 years <laughs> between 1980 and 1989 that was everything that's all cinema had to offer no i'm just kidding i think jaws there's a couple jaws sequels in there right maybe one yeah, Jaws, yeah. one jaws sequel and then well, that's kind of science fiction actually i mean what was the 80s uh, let's talk about i don't know yeah, when was the 80s <laughs> when, when was the 80s <laughs> 